We are live. Are we though? Today's topic plagues all developers <laughs> and lots of people in the world. It's true. Imposter syndrome. And I don't know if it's because I'm so involved in tech, but I feel like it's a big subject. I think I think it's prevalent everywhere, but tech suffers more from it than most other professions. Like from what I've seen, it's mostly tech and artists. Yeah. And I know we touched on it. We've touched on imposter syndrome in a few episodes and especially in the Dunning-Kruger mm-hmm. curve. But today we're going to just dive into what is imposter syndrome. We're skipping the peak of Mount Stupid. We're skipping the peak of Mount Stupid. And let's just get down and dirty where most of us are. My name's Ben and I'm an imposter. (laughs) So imposter syndrome, the persistent inability to believe that one's own success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own efforts or skills. That's the the formal definition. That's the formal definition. So why does this seem to be so prevalent in the tech industry? It really is prevalent in the tech industry. And a lot of that comes down to there's just so much everywhere and developers are expected to know everything. If you look at any competition, anything going on, there's always some measure of developer skills. And we've talked about it before with people are just jerks on the internet, but you can be a senior engineer and get berated by other senior engineers because how dare you not know this niche thing that they only found out 10 minutes ago, but you're an idiot for not knowing. Yeah. I also think that you're, you're put in a high pressure situation where you're in most cases on the cutting edge of technology. As yeah. Well. Everything is really high pressure. It's usually high stakes, especially the more you progress in your career, you're typically becoming more and more in charge of essential systems where a good or bad, like being a good or bad developer can make or break the company. A lot of people focus on, well, the CEO or the CFO or operations manager, blah, 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 a million different people. One developer can take your company down. For sure. And it's really high pressure. And it weighs on every developer who realizes what's going on and how much power they have and the damage that they could do. It's just that constant pressure. And I think it leads to a lot of issues with perfectionism among developers. There's not, there aren't many developers that I know beyond the bootcamp baby. I'm just doing this for a job kind of developer. People who are passionate about their craft. I don't know any developers who aren't perfectionists. They demand perfection from themselves, from everyone else. It can seem really nitpicky, but they go into PRs and they go, this variable name, I don't like it. And there's a more perfect way to do this. And they just have their eyes on everything all of the time and everything has to be perfect. And that leads to imposter syndrome because we as people are not perfect. We can't be perfect. And so we feel fake. We feel like we don't belong here or we don't deserve to be here. 
I think not deserving your role is a very common feeling. Too, yeah. Right. Especially if you move, like if you're in a, a small startup, you might move up relatively quickly, right? Because mm-hmm. they know they can put the pressure on you and you're capable of learning. Unless they have the opportunity to hire an ex Apple person to be the front. <laughs> <laughs> but they'll put, so when, when you put a lot of pressure on a relatively new dev that is smart and can learn things, I think that's just the beginning of Yeah, and you never feel like you catch up. Yeah. You always feel like you're behind. You're drinking from a fire hose. (laughs) Yes, and there's so much more to learn. There's so much more to do, and you never know everything. And a lot of it, really, for me at least, really comes from, in my heart of hearts, I still want to know everything. I still want to know how to do everything, absolutely everything. DevOps, backend, frontend, the whole nine yards. I recognize I can't, but there's so much out there that it's just daunting. I stepped up the ladder pretty quick at the first startup I was a part of, and I was so busy trying to keep up. All I would do is work, mm-hmm. and like I never wanted to admit that I didn't understand something, so I would just put in 10x the time to figure it out, you know? And so you're well, if it's the startup I was thinking, I'm thinking of it didn't help either that the CEO, if you admitted you didn't know something, it wasn't a, oh, cool, let me teach you. It was, how do you not know this, you dump? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it wouldn't be quite that bad, but you just like don't ever want to admit to not being able to figure something out. Like I was always okay with not knowing or admitting that I've never done it before, uh-huh. but I would never be okay with saying like, I, I can't figure this out. I can't figure this out. Yeah. And I mean, I'm still the same way because I don't, I can figure out everything. Yeah. It's more the admitting defeat part. Yeah. I can't do this. Yeah. That I was talking about the reprimand. And honestly, imposter syndrome doesn't go away. I think you just learned how to quiet it. <laughs> you just find new things to feel yeah. an imposter about. Yeah, for sure. You always feel like you're two levels behind where you are kind of thing. Yeah. Where I feel imposter. I felt imposter syndrome about front end stuff. And then I got really good at front end stuff. And it was, well, but I should know all these advanced techniques. Yeah. And I don't. Or it's even just keeping up with changes. Yeah. Like, I feel like I can't even keep up in one technology. Well, it's hard because everything just moves so fast. Even if you just stick to one framework, like Elixir for you, there's still so many changes all of the time and everything is moving forward and frameworks that you use, libraries that you use, there's so much to know that. And here's a contributing factor. You could have someone that is like probably your junior. They could just like ask you about something that you're not familiar with and you're like, why don't I know what that is? Right. How is this person asking me? And I don't actually know what they're talking about. <laughs> Are they smarter than me? Do they? Um, is this junior smarter than me? So that can feed into imposter syndrome. And really, yeah, it's sure. really just, well, it's insecurity and just like kind of a mind fuck. Because mm-hmm. it is kind of, it's fake. Yes. It's BS. It doesn't matter. Like, because at the end of the day, you know what you're capable of doing and learning. So it's just an extra weight on your shoulders to make you feel miserable. Right. I just shouldn't expect more than to be able to eat a bag of Cheetos in one sitting. That's yeah. Anything beyond that, I don't need to listen to the feelings of imposter syndrome. Developers come from vast backgrounds as well. Oh, yeah. The, the You can have a classically trained developer of go to college, and that's what I did. 
don't recommend it. Computer but, science guys like to um, put their nose up at self-taught people a lot yeah. to act like they don't actually understand the core premises. And sure, in, in every field, you're going to have those people that don't. But I know a lot of really smart self-taught. People. Oh, yeah. Self-taught developers can come from pretty much any background. You usually want to keep learning. Like, I'm not a software engineer from a degree. I'm an engineer, mm-hmm. civil engineer. I know how to build bridges and buildings and shit. And then I self-taught myself how to program. But, like, I always, like, when I find something that I don't know well, I keep wanting to learn. That's something that I've realized over time is... A lot of developers, a lot of the snooty ones that put their nose up at self-taught people, it comes from a place of they don't feel superior in any way and they're trying to feel superior. They're trying to gatekeep and be like, well, this is my degree and this is what I learned. And so I should be a master of programming when in reality, programming is a helpful tool for other fields. If you look at really successful programmers and businesses and products, it's never, I just programmed so hard that I won. It was, I found something I needed to automate, or I found something I needed to build, or I found a problem I needed to solve, and I used programming to get there. Right. And having that training and all that experience and all that stuff that college based programmers have can help them have context and understand everything and understand under the hood how everything's running, know about data architecture that people might not know about outside. But that doesn't mean they can't be good programmers. Right. And I'd also say 95% of a programmer's job is thinking and learning Mm -hmm. and like writing the code is 5% or less (laughs) to actually solve the problem. Really? Yeah. (laughs) That's that's one of the problems that juniors have a lot is they start trying to bang out code instead mm-hmm. of examining the problem and saying to themselves, what do I need to do to actually fix this problem? Yeah. They just try to brute force it. I mean, I do have a, you and I are both really good at pumping code out mm-hmm. when we need to. Like we get things up spinning quick once it's planned. Yes. So like we're like little machi- like code factories but the planning is but the, the important planning part. is the heavy lifting. It's just like anything else. If you look at artwork, a lot of people who aren't skilled in art think that, oh, I want to draw a character. Okay, I'm going to start with the head and work my way down and I'm going to color everything as I go. And I'm just going to draw it real quick and it ends up looking horrible. Where the more experienced, skilled artists will do things like line art. They'll start mapping out, okay, well, here is the shape. Let's make sure I've got my proportions right. And they plan everything out. Mm-hmm. And then the rest falls into place as they go. Yeah. And it's it's like anything. Without a plan, it's probably not going to go It's just well. kind of chaos. And I was actually going to relate actually writing code as almost just busy work. Because mm-hmm. it's not like you're doing anything fancy yeah you're just implementing your plan you're just copying from stack overflows <laughs> i hope not just kidding <laughs> kidding <laughs> kidding don't do that but yeah so non-traditional backgrounds that can really amplify just because of the attitude of people and feeling like programming is foreign and i'm not cut out for this kind of thing that that piece never affected me and i I think it's because I actually went to college and then the way I look at my engineering degree, Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I proved I'm capable of learning at this level. Yes. 
and everything after that like it's just another skill. anyone that goes to school you don't stop learning when you graduate you usually just start learning when you graduate yeah and people kind of miss that concept yeah it's just a skill just like anything else but people from non-technical backgrounds and whether they've gone to college for engineering or art or haven't gone to college at all they can feel behind and looked down on mm -hmm. because well, I didn't graduate from MIT with for programming. Yeah, like we've mentored kids that don't have engineering backgrounds and you can see their potential. Oh, yeah. Like they're smart. They're figuring it out. And honestly, people that don't have like engineering or like that kind of style brain, it's not an easy path to learn no. how to like because you break things down into small processes mm -hmm. and you build process at a time. And that is the hardest concept for a lot of people that are new to programming or engineering in general. Yeah. If you look at hiring processes, bigger companies are starting, they've been dropping the requirement for a few years now <clears throat> of a college degree. They don't care if you have a college de degree in programming. They care, can you do the job? Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. And it's important to remember that if you're feeling those feelings of imposter syndrome, it comes down to where is your skill level at, really? And just be honest about it. Like if you actually know where you truly stand, you don't have to have imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Just don't pretend you're something you're not. <laughs> well, yeah, that's where a lot of people get into trouble. <clears throat> and for me, there, there are certain skills that I'm trying to improve and acquire. And I looked at it and I, I had those feelings of, well, if I'm really a game developer, I should know how to do this. And I don't. So... I'm not, a, I'm not a real game developer. And I stopped myself and I looked at it and I said, okay, well, why don't we make a checklist? What are all of these things that I feel an imposter because of? And instead of letting them kick the crap out of me, why don't I turn them into a checklist and I won't be an imposter when I have everything on this checklist checked off? Like, can I do this? And it's like you were saying with just auditing yourself and being honest because pretending you're something you're not is going to give you anxiety. There's a difference between fake it till you make it, pretending like pretending I can be a senior engineer when I'm not a senior engineer kind mm -hmm. of thing. <clears throat> There's a difference between being a poser and pushing yourself. Yeah. Well, like I've always said that I'm smart enough to figure out how to use other really smart people's tools. <laughs> yeah. And I'm okay with that. Like I'm never going to invent a programming language or an operating system or like some deep, deep level coding algorithm. And that's... Like it's not me, but I can look at someone else that did it and figure out how to use it to benefit me. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> and that's the whole thing is tempering your expectations. Yeah. People look at success and everybody has... Everybody should have their own definition of success, but a lot of times they don't. Mm -hmm. They think success equals I'm making lots of money and I'm smarter than everybody else in the room. But success to me is being really good at building products. Mm -hmm. And you know what? We're really good at building products. So boom. There you go. That's awesome. <laughs> but not sticking to that. It can cause all kinds of problems, stress, anxiety. And the biggest one to me is burnout because burnout sucks and once you're burnt out there's not a lot you can really do is burnout real yes 
Is it? Yes. Or do you just hate what you're doing? I think burnout's real. Yeah. Yeah. I think you get to a point, it starts with you hate what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And you end up pushing yourself down that path so far because, well, I gotta, I don't have a choice. That even stuff that you would normally enjoy, burnout, in my opinion, I'm not a psychiatrist. So don't take this as gospel. But this truth. is what his psychiatrist told him. But my therapist <laughs> told me. <laughs> to me, burnout is a form of depression. Absolutely. You hit this yeah. wall and you get to a point where even the stuff that you would enjoy, I've been burnt out so much in the past that game development is my absolute passion. And I've looked at, I've, I've opened up a game engine and I'm just like, I, I can't. I mean, I uh, love I love programming and I love teaching and I love helping people. And I got to a point where I didn't touch a computer for a year. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I, he was living in the woods talking about taking up wedding photography. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually true. I like was like trying to um, shadow photographers just any way to get into that game because I just didn't want to touch a computer. Yeah. Which weird choice for not touching a computer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wrapped my head. I was fine with like doing photo edits, but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to program anymore. Yeah. And that's fair. And but I actually hated teaching for a really long time. And I just started teaching again, like what, eight months ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's been awesome. But all of that can come from imposter syndrome. Because you're pushing yourself, you're feeling horrible. It causes stress, anxiety, and eventually depression slash burnout. And so it's really important to check in with yourself often and audit yourself and keep a good eye on where am I at? Where am I going? And just be honest. I mean, that's what happened to me. I went from junior developer straight at pretty much straight into like lead senior role mm -hmm. where I was managing like four, four projects and like eight developers. And there was imposter syndrome for sure. Like, yeah, I was like these guys are my equals, but I had to <laughs> boss them around <laughs> and keep them on track. <laughs> well, and that can be another big thing too, is the organization that you're in talent retention and tech companies kind of thing. If you've got people if everybody up the line is experiencing imposter syndrome or has unrealistic expectations or is just a jerk in general, like Jacob, then <laughs> I definitely went through my moment. I was kind of a hard ass for a little bit. Then everybody down the line can easily feel like imposters and feel like they're yeah. not good enough. If, if you've got a junior developer who's submitting PR after PR and every PR has more comments on it than the lines of code that they changed. That makes them feel like crap. But it's also necessary. Well, yeah, right? it's necessary, but there are ways to do it. There's a way you can, well, like, you can't avoid comments, but you can deliver nice comments, right? From like more of a mentorship yes. style or learning style versus don't call people idiots. Yeah, I should have clarified. If, <laughs> if the PR is more comments than lines of code and they're all comments like what the hell is this what in the stack overflow is this? yeah we gotta keep an it's eye on my, ben though because one of my it, favorite ones ben likes to 
demand guys with I really what do. in the stack overflow. <laughs> but if you're too rough on junior developers all of the time, they're going to develop imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not just tech, it's anything in general. If you're new to something and you keep getting beat down, then you're just going to think, I suck at this. I think this is just kind of something you learn with time, though, too. Uh, You just have to be patient and realize that everyone's learning. Mm -hmm. So when you're tearing apart someone's code, do it nicely and like teach them a lesson versus make them feel stupid. Yeah, teach them a lesson, don't make them a lesson. Yeah, yeah. That's I like I like that a lot. Actually. And a lot of that has to do it's really hard for junior developers because you see the people that are more senior as infallible and everybody knows what they're doing. Because up the chain, everybody puts on a front of I know what I'm doing yeah. because I'm a senior developer, so I'm supposed to know what I'm doing, but I don't. And don't ever publicly tear apart a developer in front of your team, especially oh, a yeah. senior developer, because they're not going to like you after that. No, never a good idea. Being too rough with people in your company can really push that imposter syndrome more. Keeping the like a mentorship growing environment in your company is yeah a lot you want healthier. that mentorship mentality like and we're all in this together like yeah i'm teaching you this now but that doesn't mean i don't learn things every day too yeah for me one of my biggest things with overcoming imposter syndrome i'm still working on it i still experience it all everyone the time. does everyone does but what i've found helps is when i'm dealing with junior developers and I'm dealing with other developers in general, and I'm correcting something or I'm helping with them with something, I don't try to make a show of, well, I know what I'm doing because I'm the senior developer, blah, 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 blah. I make it very obvious. If I don't know something, I don't know it. I'll figure it out, Yeah. but I don't know it. And people might look at that as being too vulnerable or, well, you're supposed to be a strong senior developer, blah, blah, blah. If that's how they see it, then that's on them and I don't really care. But it's also better to teach people below you that you don't have to know everything to have a senior position, but you need to know how to figure it out. Yes. And that's the important part is can you figure it out? Because largely with programming, you don't know the answer. Right. I mean, there's the running joke of senior developers just Google how to center a div faster. That's more often than not you're going into uncharted territory well i mean when like i'm no i'm not that good at devops but i can figure things out and when i'm having problems guaranteed you know i'm having problems because our server slack channel (laughs) you're hitting you're seeing all my server reboots and i just i silenced my phone for a solid 20 (laughs) minutes while (laughs) because jacob's about to push 100 builds till he figures out this config file because it's the most frustrating thing ever but you can't get a lot of things live on a production server without being messy a little bit once in a while. Yeah. And something that we can really do to help is obviously recognize not everybody knows everything, but you also want to give regular feedback and validation Mm -hmm. when people do things right or let them know, Hey, I know you're competent. There's a client that I have, All I get are angry emails about this is broken in this app 
that I didn't write and I'm just maintaining. Mm-hmm. And there are features that they yell about. This is broken. I didn't even know that was a feature. And I've been working with this client for years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, honestly, these aren't tips just for developers. You just should te- treat your team with respect. Yeah. And when dealing with your team and especially your dev team, I think it would help a lot of people if the emails looked more like, hey, I just wanted to thank you for this bug that you fixed the other day. Or, hey, I'm not blaming you, but but (laughs) there's this going on. What can we do to fix this? And approach it more of, I think a lot of the times people don't see, especially non-technical people, don't see developers as people. And we are. And imagine if you're the CFO of a company and every day you're just emailing, you're get, opening emails all day long of, hey, we could have made four more dollars yesterday, but we didn't. And it's all your fault. Like, yeah, yeah. get out of here. <laughs> but I think it's important to remember that they are people, treat them like they are competent. Because most of the time, the developer is competent. There's just human error or something else going on. It's not an easy job. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot to know. And maybe you're missing part of the problem that he solved too. Like, yeah. Like if you're looking at code and like this doesn't make sense, talk to him. And then he might have been too close to the problem or solving a different problem. Oh, yeah. That's especially in projects where you've got one developer working on things. It's really hard to see the forest from the trees. Yeah. And we take what's known as the happy path, which is why we always like to have other developers or QA people test things for us is because we recognize that if we're staring at something too long, we probably didn't see everything or missed something. We have a standard rule. If you wrote the code, you can't test it. Yep. Because you're you're not going to test it, right? You're going to test it the way you wrote it. Yep. And more often than not, there's a good chance that's not how the user is going to do it. Right. Exactly. So the main point here is just imposter syndrome is a thing. Everyone has it no matter how long you've been in the game. There are things that you can do to manage it, like auditing yourself, not trying to be something you're not, and managing your definition of success. Yeah, and always working on bettering your skills. Mm -hmm. Because as long as you're continuing your education, you're learning more and more. Yeah. But if you stop, you're going to maybe feel like you're behind. And and bettering your skills does not necessarily mean I'm going to go study lead code answers. Because I think that, in my opinion, is that's the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. But bettering your skills, learning more things, learning how to do things. Learning data architecture, Mm -hmm. um, learning design patterns, learning new sorting algorithms. Like, just use your brain. Yeah. And it doesn't, like, just, it doesn't even have to be in your language it can just be basic computer science or anything honestly yep so if you're suffering from imposter syndrome or you know someone suffering from imposter syndrome you might be entitled to financial compensation just kidding just please call our team at (laughs) (laughs) but no it's a real thing and you can deal with it and there are always people to talk to if you need someone to talk to you feel free to message jacob I mean, I'm pretty nice. <laughs> I uh, I used to not be nice, but I've learned that it's easier to be nice, even to haters, because just like 
flip it. Like if they're that insecure to be mean to people that mm-hmm. they don't know, or even if they do know them, that's actually even worse. They're they're just as insecure. Oh hurting, yeah, or hurting on the insides. They will be when I'm done with them. I remember I uh, on one of my resumes. I had, um, I was getting my master's in, what was the degree actually called? It wasn't computer science or like a typical name. I think it was a software engine. No, we both had this. We were from different schools and we talked about this. I don't know. I have a bachelor's in software engineering. Software engineering. I think I was getting a master's in software engineering. And remember someone that we worked with in the past? It was like MIT guy. And he's like, these aren't even real degrees. Oh, is that the same guy that called me an iOS developer? Maybe. And me a project manager. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like he looked at my resume and there's game stuff and web stuff on there. He's just a junior iOS developer. What are you talking about? And then, he was like, and what is this guy even doing? He's just like a project manager. <laughs> I had no like, other than like leading developers, most of my resume was all programming right. and development. It's like, what? Well, even now, even now, that was, gosh, that was like six years ago. That was Five wild. or six years ago. Anyways, even now, I had somebody looking at my resume my little brother sent my resume to the recruiter at his company. Oh, yeah. And with seven years of development experience on it, nothing but dev jobs and freelancing, HGA. Dude looked at it and he's like, I'm not seeing any development experience on here. And I'm just like, ha- did you miss the right half of the page with my work history? <laughs> did you look at it? Or are you missing the left half of the page with the languages and frameworks in it? Like, what are you missing, my guy? Yeah, dude. And he tried to, like, he called me and he tried to sell me on joining their company as a, I don't even remember what he called the role. I thought it was like project manager. No, it was, it was some dumbed down version of a software architect. He just wanted me to pick frameworks and get a general idea for architecture. That's someone's job? I guess. Dang. But he wanted me to take a massive pay cut because I didn't have experience. (laughs) I'm just like, this is literally what I do all day. What are you talking about? And so sometimes, sometimes the people critiquing you were just dumb. Promote the growth mindset, like I'm saying. If you always are continuing education, Mm -hmm. that'll help you deal with imposter syndrome and keep a work-life balance like that's the hardest part i think for a lot of developers oh yeah because you get obsessed with the problem you have to finish it you have to finish it you have to finish it. i've gotten the world's at. gonna blow up if i don't finish this or figure i've gotten it out. yelled at because we're hanging out with other people and playing a board game and it's my turn and i'm not paying attention because i'm just like oh wait i just figured out this bug and i'm whipping out my phone to remote oh. desktop into my computer <laughs> yeah and my so, wife's like, what did you do? Put that away. Just take time away and uh, get outside. Touch some grass. Touch some grass. Fly a kite. But don't stare at a computer all day. You'll go crazy. Look at Ben. It's true. Exercise. Get that blood flow. Touch the dirt. I swear if you say look at Ben, I'm hitting you. <laughs> look at Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I would never say that. But 
Yeah. Imposter syndrome. Everyone has it. It sucks. It. I mean, does it suck? I think you just kind of learn that it's silly. Dealing with it sucks. Growing from it. Doesn't. Doesn't. Just be okay with being wrong. It's okay to be wrong. No, it's not. You just learn <laughs> from it. <laughs> okay, Rafael. And or you can just say, or there's a thousand ways to skin a cat. Like, That's true. Just because one person says they wouldn't do it that way doesn't mean it's wrong either. It's true. So that's all. That's all the wisdom I have. 